Welcome to episode 113 of Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jared Dobb. Oh man, Jared's back. How you doing, buddy? Guess who's back? Back <laughs> again. <laughs> I'm back. And he's singing. All right, oh, let's man. bring Dusty See, back. This is how we, this is how the jingles start. How jingles start. Uh, speaking of that, which is really, it's kind of funny. Brenton was editing a video on Thursday of last week. It was uh, probably the most fun video I think that I've done to date was semi-auto versus full auto on TA's YouTube page. And not that the topic was the most fun to talk about, but it was up there at Site B with Paul and probably one of the most natural fun videos that we've done where there wasn't a script. It wasn't planned out super in depth. It was kind of spur of the moment, but either way, Brenton came to me and he's like, Hey, I found this clip of you at like 3 AM and it's hilarious. And I put it into the video, but I don't know if you're going to like it. And I was like, all right, whatever, just show me. I was laughing so hard because at this point, this was like day three. It was like three in the morning and I was super delirious. So it was pretty funny, but yeah, if, uh, if you want to see what I mean, the site B video, um, not the site B video, the full auto versus, uh, semi-auto on our YouTube page. If you go to like the 21 minute mark, it's pretty rad. It's funny. Nice. Got this like super cringe corporate feel, mm. but I'm out there with like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It has like the weird music and, and yeah, just like too mellow to try to be impactful and super corny but we threw that in at the end it was just funny because he was like a little bit nervous to say hey i put this in the video i don't know if you're gonna like it and then i was laughing so hard nice so yeah sometimes i throw gold out there with the random rambles <laughs> sound effects and singing uh, so you've been working on the, the last couple of weeks we haven't heard heard from you so what's been what's been going on there's a lot there's just so much. It's really hard to wrap my head around. And I often feel like I'm just kind of spinning wheels, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But much of what we've been doing is content related behind the scenes. However, we also have some partnerships forming and some different products coming out. And it, re- it required more conversation with outside people and other entities than I've ever been used to with producing products and launching stuff. And so I've been back and forth in phone meetings. There's been multiple days over the last couple of weeks where I come in in the morning and my phone's blowing up and it just doesn't stop all day. I'm just bouncing back and forth between phone calls. Um, So I feel like the last couple of weeks on a personal level have been very unproductive where you know you set out to do something and other things come up that are unforeseen and you just can't tackle anything that's on your list uh, that's where i've been the last couple of weeks but on a on a team level we've been really stepping the game up in a couple areas and and I, i'm really proud of what we've been doing the other thing that i'm continually realizing is how quickly I need to get certain things off of my plate and be able to focus fully on essentially visionary stuff. Where are we headed? And I know I've talked about this a million times on the podcast and I hate to 
beat that horse too many times, but I've just talked to so many business professionals over the last couple of years. I've had business mentors talking to me over the last couple of months that just continue to stress somebody has to be the visionary. Yeah. And I guess I just didn't realize, I mean, I knew how important mm. that was, but as I continue to see other businesses that don't have anybody casting the vision, you definitely see the difference between them and a company that's very much investing in culture and casting vision of where the, where the company's headed. And uh, not saying I, I do the best at that, but oh, yes, that's what I was going to, I was going to ask because I've been the same thing. We're actually going through my, my whiteboard in my, my office is actually full of visionary type type of stuff. That's one of the big, big thought process I've been going through lately. But I've been starting to question, am I the right one for this? You know, should I, like, am I, am I gifted enough at the visionary stuff? I've, I've done a good enough job to get us where we are now, but if we want to truly grow, do, you know, do I need to pull somebody else in for this? You know, you know, do I need somebody that, that's more gifted than me and i think in some ways i think we should always be looking for somebody that's better than us at things um yeah that's just like that's one of the thoughts that i've been having lately is is am i the one that should be doing this stuff am i good enough at this to be you know to be doing this you know i don't know what's your thoughts on that like do you did you ever question are you are you the one that should be doing it in the visionary role, not really. In a lot of other roles, for sure, hundred percent. Like, as far as where TA is headed, that usually, well, it, it's really always landed on my shoulders since day one. That's just been what I brought to the table. Was here's where I think that we can go. This is, I think, the the general direction and the the optics and the um, the story of what we're doing um, in the future. Will that be me? I'm not sure. I, I'm okay with getting to a point where I realize somebody else can do what I'm doing better than me. I don't have anxiety or fear. You know, a good example is I'll, I'll use this a bunch and I'm, I'm sorry again, if I've said it on the podcast, but if you would have asked me two or three years ago, right when I started really taking videography seriously and wanting to make videos, I started, you know, I guess it was less than two years ago, posting regular videos on my Keystone carry channel. If you would have asked me, what is your overall goal? What do you want to be known for? It would have been like, obviously I want my business to succeed. And that's a, a piece of this, but I would have also said, I want to be known as the best photographer. I want to be known as the best videographer, the best content guy. That's not my, that's not my mission anymore. We hired two really solid dudes who are far better than me at videography and editing and storytelling. And I'm good with it. And honestly, it's refreshing when you can step back and say, there's somebody that even if they're not better than you at the moment, but you know that they're going to be, that you can invest in so that 
again, I can step back. I, like for the past two months, I haven't worried about editing. I simply, I say simply, it's immensely time consuming. Come up with the content, what I'm going to say. Are there guests on the video? What location are we at? Like there's a whole other host and you know this, you make your own content and you know what goes into the back end of it. Um, but it's, it's a change in what I feel like I need to be doing. So as far as the visionary aspect, I, I don't think that there's anybody else here that can be the visionary like I've been, but that may change in the future. And generally speaking, typically how it goes is I come up with what I think is the vision and our team has leadership meetings and either everybody's on board um, or there's some pushback. Sometimes if I know that we have to head a certain direction and there's pushback, it just means that I have to influence and work with everybody to see the broader picture of what I'm seeing or feeling. And part of that's because of where I'm at in my job description here at TA. I have my finger on the pulse most or more than anybody else of what's happening in the industry, what direction we're going, what's working and what's not working with our story. Um, but yeah, long-winded answer to that. I think it is healthy to step back. Um, and here's, here's a caution that I'll give to people. And I know you and I are not in, in this situation yet, but I don't know, maybe someday, depending on the path of our journey and how our businesses grow, I also have a lot of, um, I'm, I'm encircled by a bunch of business owners. And the one thing that I'll say, especially as you get to second generation, third generation, fourth generation business owners, sometimes there's a push to put certain people in certain places that don't have the skills to do that. And sometimes emotion and friends and family can get in the way of logical decisions and not be willing to say, Hey, that's not the right person to be in the CEO position. That's not the right person to be in CFO. That's not the person to be COO. It's not the person to be, you know what I mean? So it's just a cautionary thing. Uh, tell you not assume that you are always going to be the one for a specific situation or job description yeah like you can be an owner and not necessarily do all of the executive tasks in fact you shouldn't you know what i mean especially if it's not your strength yeah for sure that's you know, even the areas that I'm, that I feel I'm, I'm strong in, um, I, I start to question sometimes, am I strong enough? You know, am I, you know, should I be trying to find somebody else that's, you know, that's more gifted than me at these things? You know, like you start, like I, I start questioning, um, yeah, yeah, I, I start questioning if I'm the one that should be doing it. And, is it what tasks are truly better for the company for me not to do? And even ones that I feel like I'm strong at, could I find somebody that's stronger at those things? And should I be doing that? Because that 
because that'll be better for the company than than me doing, even if I feel like I'm strong at those things. Now, how do you know when when you should be doing things? And, and it, 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 was, it was easy in the beginning because I couldn't afford any other choice. So, so I had to figure out how to do it, at least figure out how to do it good enough. <clears throat> and I think now that, you know, now that we're growing and I've experienced hiring people and it, it starts opening up some more doors where, where, where I just start to ask myself, should I be hiring other people for even things that, that I like, that I'm good at and I like to do? Because so far I've basically hired off positions for all the things that I, that either I wasn't good at or I didn't want to do. And, uh, and, but also, I, yeah, and I did that so I could focus on the things that I, that, that I'm good at. So that's, uh, that's just some of the thoughts I've had lately. There's also an aspect though, that I think you could be a visionary and other people communicate if that makes sense. So being good at finding the vision and understanding the direction and then communicating that to your team well are two different things. And so that might even be, I'm not saying that's applicable in your situation, but I think you could be a really good visionary without being the one to communicate the visionary per se at some point. But I also know that the only people I think that are ever going to truly know the vision and direction of the company are ones who are fully bought in, like hundred percent bought in and have sweat and in, in the game, have blood in the game, have, you know, I don't, I don't know that you could just hire somebody who can put the weight of what you've already done properly into context and then communicate. You know what I mean? Like there mm -hmm. is an aspect that part of why ownership should be taking the responsibility, I think, at least at this phase of visionary stuff is because we built it. We are the ones that we know that, you know, I'll take core values for an example. We know what happens when we stray from our core values. We know what those core values are. And that's something that I've been working a lot on the marketing side with lately, and it's near and dear to my heart. And it's something that I think it's, it's rooted in the fact that I've worked for places that did not do this well is the cultural aspect of the company. And working with our team to start laying the groundwork for what that all looks like. Um, and, you know, in the past, I've made, I've made hires that didn't match our cultural, uh, you, what our culture is at TA, and it doesn't ever work. And, you know, as we're continuing to hire, the first thing we're trying to make sure that fits is culture before skills, before papers, before credentials, before anything, if they yeah. fit the culture. But in order to do that well, I need my team to understand the culture and understand the core values and understand what we're doing. So that's, again, that's the visionary aspect. And it's not always me saying, this is the direction TA is going. This is me saying, here's the values that we hold and why we do what we do. That's not necessarily saying this is where we are in five years. This is me saying these are left and right boundaries of what this company is. And this is the culture that we are cultivating. These are the non-negotiables that we have within this company 
Um, and people that go against those non-negotiables are quite frankly, just not going to be part of this team. Um, that's also protecting our team. You know, the people that are here and yeah, man, we just, we just filled another position in shipping, have a full-time guy down in shipping, um, really solid dude. And again, the, the number one thing that we interviewed about was culture. I don't care if you've never packed a box before. I don't care if you've never run a machine before. Like, yeah, those things are nice, but we can teach that. What I can't teach is do you fit into this culture and do you buy into the principles that TA targets has been preaching for the last six years? And, and that's the stuff that you can't just teach. So, so what kind of questions do you ask for that? Some of the interview questions is simply digging into background, trying to know the person. Like that sounds super cliche, but the other thing that we do is headhunt. Like I, I will not downplay that enough is, and I know that at some point, at some point you can't just headhunt your positions. It's, it's just not going to work, but you can also get a gut feel just by asking people about their previous employment. So like one, one thing to me, that's non-negotiable is gossip in our, in our company. I'm just not going to deal with it. I cannot, I can't stand when people throw team members under the bus simply for the sake of throwing team members under the bus. And to me, that's a non-negotiable. It's pretty easy. And you'd be surprised with people interviewing when you start asking them about their employment history, when they start bashing their previous employers at the interview, like you would think that's common sense, but it's not. Yeah. You can start seeing things that are non-negotiable. You know, we understand what the values are of this company. And so some of this is just me tactically asking certain questions. Um, and it depends on the person. It totally depends. Some of this, I rely on an initial gut feel, but the other thing that you can do and that we, so we started working years ago with a company that came into TA targets and into our other businesses and really helped us navigate these leadership. Um, think of it as like a, a whole business mentor. Uh, I don't know what you'd call it, but they're, they're essentially business mentors. They come in they're very skilled at figuring out where the blind spots are in a business. So we had them go through TA targets. We had them go through our other businesses. And one of the things that they helped us put in place was also multi-person interviewing. So what that means is, Greg, you might have a potential hire and you do a one-on-one -on -one interview with them, but then you pick, I don't know, maybe somebody in shipping, somebody you trust, somebody who you know, eats, sleeps, breathes your core values has a one-on-one -on -one with them has a conversation with them or maybe maybe it's them and dusty getting people to interact with this person is also going to reveal red flags that are potentially there and so that's another way that we've been doing it it's not just me sitting across from the table and we don't normally hire on one interview and the other thing is we also have some, some people on our team that are extremely skilled in figuring people out. And that's not necessarily, like, I can usually read people really well, 
but I have blind spots. Right. And some of our team members are extremely skilled at saying, Hey, here's a, you know, here's some of the things that I saw. Here's how they respond to this. It might be nothing, but maybe this is something, whatever. So we are analyzing and then in the follow-up interviews, asking certain questions to try to figure out if we can protect our culture and hire this person, because I don't care what they bring to the table as a skill. I care about, do they fit this team? And if they have the skills, cool. Well, one nice thing is, I mean, you know, you, you have Kirby and I'm sure Kirby's hired hundreds, hundreds of people, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So having him there is it, it, yeah, definitely. His, his workforce is currently around a hundred people. Yeah. And yeah, so there's, yeah, so he knows we, how to, we have skills yeah. on hand that when I hit a wall and I'm like, I don't have the experience to figure this out. I do have people that I can lean on, which is extremely helpful. Yeah. Uh, That's the nice thing about, you know, about doing headhunting is you're, 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 you're going to have some kind of inkling of, of what the, the personality of this, of this person, if you're going after them, um, you know, them somehow, or, or even, you know, you know, we had interviewed one or two people that, um, that one of our current employees here knew them. So I was able to kind of get some feedback from, you know, from my employee here on what, on what this person, you know, some of their strengths and weaknesses were, you know, it, it's, it's nice to be able to have those references, which is why you also ask for references when you, you know, when you're hiring people. But yeah, and the reality is you also have to be careful as you're interviewing. Like there's certain, certain things that, uh, you know, are uh, a no go for questions and, and you definitely have to, have to be careful but i was just looking up in my notes here a couple of questions um, you know one of the things that i like to ask in these interviews is what would good culture look like for you and it's funny because i think you or i would be like oh that's a super easy question to, to answer and there's a lot of people that have worked a lot of places that never ever dropped the word culture they never dropped the words core values they've never you know, they've never, ever talked about it. And so you have people that have no idea what that is answering that question, but it gives you a, an insight into who the person is. And it's not just like, what's a comfy work environment? Like what work environment would you thrive in? When you look at, I love my job and I love what I do, what does that look like? And you start to get an idea of who the person is. It's not fail safe. But, you know, yeah, there's, there's definitely ways you're not going to do it in a 10 minute conversation one time with somebody. So there's definitely an aspect of investing some time. But yeah, it, yeah stuff I'm still still figuring out. But I learned the hard way, man. Culture's everything. Culture beats like people are going to be like, no, you need a dude with skills. Well, yeah, of course. Like we're going to try to find a, a guy that meets culture and has skills but if i had to choose between the best video editor ever but he doesn't fit the culture or someone i have to invest tons of time in but they are a perfect cultural match i am taking that person every day of the week i will not anymore forsake what we are you know not that we did intentionally but you know i just learned a lot over the last couple of years and i can tell people that 
man, if you got a gut feeling that someone doesn't fit, doesn't fit the culture, listen to it, at least take enough time to listen to it and somehow get feedback from someone you trust. Um, cannot stress that enough. Yeah. And I think, I think you also have to be reasonable of if the person's very skilled and your whole goal is to hire the person to grow the, to grow the business and use a skill set that's, that's as good as you can get. I think you also have to kind of ask, you know, if not, if not a perfect fit for your current culture, what can you do to, to broaden your culture so that the person can fit, you know, like, I think if you're, it, if we're going to be so, so dead set, this is our culture. We're not changing for you. Then, you know, you, you, then you're going to hurt yourself and your your company as well. You, you know, we got to be flexible. Well, to be clear, though, what I mean by that is like that non-negotiable. We don't bash each other. We don't put each other down. We don't. You know what I mean? We build yeah. a cohesive team. So, like to me, that's a non-negotiable, and I don't think that that's an area that we need to have any any movement in. You know. and i think that's what i what i mean is there's non-negotiables what are the non-negotiables because those are what i'm specifically referring to like i don't care if we disagree politically on something i'm not looking at someone's politics and finding out how they're registered to vote that's not that's not what i'm what i'm doing i'm trying to make sure that and this also has to start with a healthy team because if you start with an unhealthy team, there's something you got to look at. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like you can't start yeah. with an unhealthy team and measure this new person against that. Right. Be like, this is our culture. It sucks, <laughs> yeah. but this is our sucky culture. And if you don't fit with our sucky culture, <laughs> yeah. then yeah, there's so, something wrong with you. So I guess what I'm advocating is business owners taking culture seriously. And that's it. It's that simple. It's yeah. take it seriously to the point where as you're hiring people, you're doing justice to those people by knowing what your culture is. So you don't throw the wrong person into a bad position and then end up firing them because they weren't a fit and you should have known that they weren't a fit before you hired them. And and that's what, you know what I mean? Like there's certain things, some people are very good at answering questions. Very good. You've heard people say that they're really good at interviewing. uh, But then as soon as they're hired, you start to see, you know, but one of my friend's companies hired in the last, it was like a year, 14 months, they hired 22 people. Um, and out of 22, or actually that's been over the last like two years, I think it's been a couple of years over the last 22 people that they've hired, they had one bad hire. And, and like, that's pretty substantial. All the other 21 people are still there. And these are people that are helping us form, you know, how we're hiring, how we're interviewing. Um, there's something to be said about that and I don't know, but yeah, I, I do agree. I, I think that I definitely don't want to sound like, Oh, Jared's just this stickler that makes people have to think like he thinks. And that's, if you ask any of our guys who work here, that is not how this work environment is, Right. but there are non-negotiables and honestly, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty common. If you had uh, parents that invested time in you as a child, teaching you to be a respectful and an adult that contributes to society, you already know these core values. So it's not like it's some, you know, super edgy, weird thing. Yeah. 
So I'm heading into, I feel like every year, sometime in the summer, there's a block of time where I'm going to be at the shop for single digit days over double digit periods of time. And I'm heading into that right now. And I'm, I'm pretty stressed about it, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm going to be out all next week on vacation. And then the week after that, I'm out. Actually, I, I was just looking at my flight confirmation. I'm not leaving until uh, like 9 o'clock Wednesday night. So I should be able to work most of Wednesday. But I'm going to be out Thursday and Friday the following week. And then the week after that, uh, Thursday and Friday, I'll be in and out. So over the next three weeks, I'm going to be gone about half the time, if not a little bit more. And uh, we're having some setbacks on the Alias product. Um, or once <laughs> there's there's very few parts that we're having subbed out, and it's reminding me why I over the years I've started doing more stuff in house. Um, the the main part that we're waiting for that I'm subbing out. They are now saying that they're, well, we're now looking at being four weeks behind of where they said that we would be, which is pushing everything back another month. So I was hoping to launch this like end of August. I think we'll be, I think my new target date is like October 1 is kind of my new target date. Um, so yeah, I, I'm. I'm kind of stressed about it, but I'm also, it, that's one of the other hurdles I have is Nate, our shop manager, who is still um, uh, active duty, I guess you could say. So he has, he's going to be gone the whole month of September um, for some training stuff. And then he's back for like two weeks and then he's gone for another like two weeks. So this is all happening right around when this when Alias is supposed to drop and right before the holidays. And so I mean, we've been working over the last couple of months and we still have another month and a half that, that, that we're using to, to prep for it. So we're, you know, we're trying to get all of our eggs in a basket, but there's also a lot of unknowns right now just because we don't know where everything's at with, with, with the Alias project. I still have, I still have to figure out our our product packaging get i st still don't, I still haven't started any content creation because i don't have all the production parts in yet um there's there's so much to do and i'm really just giving myself the month of september to do it i'm giving myself four and a half maybe even five weeks to really pull out you know how to pull all this stuff together and I don't want to rush it because I because I, I really want to do this right. I want I have big plans for how I want to launch this product, and it's going to take time to do that. But I also don't want to push a product release into the holidays. You know, I want I'd like to release it um, in enough time that we can launch this product that has some time to build steam, and then it hits the holidays when hopefully a bunch of people want to buy it. Yeah, and I guess worst case scenario, like this is super worst case scenario, we could launch it at Shot Show. Um, it, it might be kind of fun to launch a new product at at Shot Show. I really don't want to wait till next year to do it because that'd be like the third week in January. But plus, the next variants are going to come out and they're going to shut it down anyway. 
yeah, sorry too. sorry i'm just <laughs> um, just just being a negative nancy every yeah year. yeah thanks for that you're, um, you're welcome you're you welcome. as much money as i have into shot show this year it better not uh greg's like shot show will occur let's do this you'll be you'll be full hazmat suit ready to rock oh, i don't care um <laughs> so yeah, so it, this uh, I'm actually doing a, a, a whole team meeting tomorrow, uh, just kind of a, f- a post-first half review meeting and also looking to the next six months with the team, just letting them know how we've done and what to expect uh, coming up here. This, this next six months is going to be crazy. It, it's it's going to be challenging. It's going to be exciting for us and yeah so i'm looking forward to it as as the same time as being concerned about it but i've I've, and this is where i feel like i've been more visionary i've been really focusing more visionary stuff lately um just because i don't think we've done a great job at it in the past and moving forward especially with the with the new products and everything coming up um i really need to just make sure that our vision and that we're casting that vision to our customers and future customers so that when they come to us, it just, it, yeah, it, it all makes sense. And it, and it, uh, and then on top of that, I shared a little bit with you, um, before the podcast. I think I, I think I mentioned this before you know, on one of the podcasts with Dusty, but, but we're also, or no, I think it was on a YouTube video. Um, we're working on some big things as far as expanding our reach and diversifying our, our, our product line and the customers that we're reaching. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, if, if you want to hear a little bit more about it, you can go look at our last, uh, our last YouTube video, uh, just kind of a shop walkthrough video uh, that I did. But just a lot of, yeah, just a lot of things going on. And uh, I don't know that I've, like I'm not stressed to the point where I'm like not sleeping, but I don't think I've been this. I guess I'm not going to use the word stress. I haven't been this concerned just about making sure <clears throat> all this gets gets done as well. I, I think I don't think I've been this concerned than in the last past six years is what I am right now. Just with everything that we have going on, you know, just questioning: Do I have the right, uh, you know, you know? Am I the right person? You know, like I was saying before, just um, I've I doubts. Uh, am I the right person to do this? Should uh, is the team I had? You know, I love the team I have. Do I need to add add to my team in order to do this right? You know, that, that that's been a discussion that we've all been having here. You know, do we need to bring bring somebody else in? And at what point do we bring somebody else in? There's just, there's a lot of unknowns right now. So feel it. I understand. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. So I've got three and now about a half, three and a half days to come up with two weeks worth of content. I've got a big list here, so I think I'm actually gonna cut a short list. If you, did you have anything else you wanna add? No, I I think uh, that's enough for people to kind of sit on for a little bit, think about. Yeah. Maybe so they disagree. Maybe they disagree with us. Maybe <laughs> maybe they have some 
super secret squirrel tactics that we don't know about, but who knows? Yeah. All right. Well, if you, <clears throat> if you enjoyed this, we would love to get your review. Uh, remember, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But if you have nice things to say, make it five stars and leave us a good review. Ha. And uh, share. I leave, a one, I leave a one star review every week <laughs> on anonymous <clears throat> Google accounts. Share the podcast with your friends, and we all and we hope that you guys are all doing doing great and having a having an awesome summer. We'll see you in the next one. See you next one.